You know that feeling you get when you know you have to do something? The thing you are avoiding that others are telling you that you need to do? Yeah, this is one of those. In the spring, after preaching, one of my colleagues said to me, now it's your turn. And my response was, yeah, no, I'm not ready for that. I have no desire to see my face on a huge screen in three locations. And the video camera and I are not friends. So as we were talking around the office the other day about this experience and expectations, Vicky said, Soph, you need one of those stickers that new employees get. You know, the ones that say, in training. So I had her make one of those up for me so that as I speak to you this morning, you will have an extra measure of grace and patience for this first-timer. What you also need to know is that I failed memory work throughout grade school. So most of what I will share with you is written, unlike what you might see from Mike or Jeff on any given Sunday. So hold your judgments. Don't, I don't claim to look or teach like either of them. So now that I've made this disclaimer, here we go. Three weeks ago, as I was waiting in line to make a purchase at Value Village, I overheard a conversation between a male and a female. They were exchanging Christmas war stories. It started with the familiar question, are you ready for Christmas? He was, he was talking about hanging lights and work parties as a result of the holiday season, and then boasted of his wife's accomplishments of completing all their Christmas shopping. The woman responded, expressing her envy as she shared how she felt frantic and unsure of how she was going to complete everything on her to-do list before the big day. I could not help but start to panic a little myself as I stood there listening to this. I had just arrived home from a relaxing week in Cuba, so I had not yet turned off my vacation brain. I began to think about my Christmas to-do list and how it was time to embrace the Christmas spirit. I had decorations to hang, Christmas party responses to answer, our Christmas urn to pick up, cards to write, responses to Facebook messages for potluck dinners, purchasing of gifts, which I had not yet started. Oh, and of course, the Christmas tree. So I got home that night and pulled out our artificial tree and boxes of decorations from the basement and placed them in the living room. This way, when I woke up on Saturday morning, everything would be ready for assembly. I got up early to get a head start on my day, only to find out that half of all of my strings of mini lights were not working. Seriously annoyed, after trying to fix them by replacing bulbs, Andrew and I made a trip to the hardware store to purchase brand new white, I said white, mini lights. Now behind schedule in my day and company coming at three, I asked Andrew to help me with the lights. Looking back, that was probably not a very good idea. The tree is my baby. I'm very particular about it. 
When our girls were little, everyone thought I was the greatest mom ever because I let them decorate their very own full-sized tree downstairs. And I did mine upstairs. This had nothing to do with being a great mom. This was my way of having them leave me alone. So anyway, back to the story. Andrew thought it would be funny to put a red bulb amidst all of my brand new white lights and made a verbal commitment to doing that every day while the tree was up. Needless to say, I was not impressed. Recognizing that things were getting heated, our daughter, who was lying on the couch, having just rolled out of bed, thought it would be funny to take a video of her parents' interactions without us knowing. You can imagine my response as she posted this video on Vine with the heading, My Parents Fight Like 12-Year-Olds. I do have a copy of the video that I was going to show you, but unfortunately, we were unable to make that happen for this morning. So I have posted it on my Facebook wall for your viewing enjoyment. It is not one of my prouder moments. However, my point is, that this is what stress does to otherwise normal people. And those that know me may debate that I'm anything but normal. This morning, we have been talking about our favorite Christmas traditions and historically where some of them came from. I would like to take a few minutes to share with you how Jesus' birth could make a difference in our lives and relationships throughout the Christmas season and year-round. I know that for many people, Christmas is not a time of love, peace, and joy. And there was a period of time where that was also true for me. So let me bring you back for a moment to 1997. Yeah, I know some of you were not even born at that time. And it's true. We did not all have computers. Very few of us had internet and our cell phones looked like this. Our Christmas traditions included all the regular Christmas activities, plus Christmas Eve day with Andrew's family, church on Christmas Eve, church on Christmas morning, Christmas day at my parents, boxing day at the arena for one tournament or another, an extended family reunion somewhere in there, church on New Year's Eve, church on New Year's Day, and twice to church on the Sundays in between Christmas and New Year's. We barreled through the Christmas season with food and presents in hand for each event, and Kleenex in the other to wipe runny noses and tears. Christmas had nothing to do with love, peace, or joy. It was not restful, reflective, or spiritual, although that lineup sure does sound pretty spiritual. We were running at a faster pace than our regular daily life, which was already over the speed limit. Andrew and I would look at each other on January 1st, exhausted and glad it was over. We would ask many questions about how this happened, blaming each other for the chaos. Had Christmas always been this way? Does everyone else live like this? What are we doing that's keeping us so busy? Why are we trying to visit everyone we know in one week? 
Why do we feel pressured to keep participating in things out of obligation and fear of hurting someone's feelings? Why do we allow those closest to us to get the short end of the stick? Why are we not being honest and building up the courage to say no to the things that are ripping off those that are closest to us? What is motivating us to do the things we do and how do we make it stop? Many of us have shared this experience or are presently right in the middle of it, trying to keep up with traditions that have been clouding the importance of what Christmas is really about. Yes, we all agree that Christmas is about the birth of our Savior. So how should our relationship with him change the way I get ready for Christmas and how I spend my time investing in those that God has placed in my life. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 3 says, too much activity gives you restless dreams. Ever woke up in the middle of the night bug-eyed and panicked or been told by your spouse that the extra kick they received in the night from your restless sleep was not appreciated? We all know that Christmas is not the only season that we are too busy. Our year-round year busy lifestyles are making us less healthy. We push ourselves beyond the point that our bodies and minds can function properly, and we often suffer for it with headaches, upset stomachs, anxiety, and depression. There is even a diagnosis called leisure sickness that affects people specifically at Christmas time. Our most reliable source, Wikipedia, tells us that it is psychological, it's a psychological condition where some people are more likely to report feeling ill on weekends, vacation, or holidays than when working. Symptoms include headaches, migraines, fatigue, muscle aches, and illnesses such as colds and flus. Sufferers typically have an inability to transition from work to non-work environments because of a high need for achievement and a high sense of responsibility. The hormones and stress in the body affect the nervous and immune system, which causes difficulty switching from work to leisure activities. Sound familiar? I'm pretty sure this is not God's ideal for us, especially when we desire to give our best to those closest to us during the holidays. The wisdom of Proverbs 14.30 teaches a calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. Besides costing us our health and peace of mind, busyness can cost us our relationships. When we are feeling rushed, pressured, and preoccupied, we are destined to mistreat the people around us. As a result, our relationships with our spouses, children, parents, and friends suffer. Most importantly, our relationship with God suffers. If we don't spend regular time, regular quality time, and with those we love, including God, the result is shallow, meaningless, and unfulfilling relationships. And finally, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, 
which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When we are not within our own control, physically, emotionally, or spiritually well, we are not the people God intended us to be in relation to our family or friends. And ultimately, we are not able to give our best to the kingdom work that God has set aside just for us. We must be intentional about making time to rest in Jesus so that he can help us prioritize our lives. So let me ask you three questions. One's for you to answer in the quiet of your own heart this morning. Do you want to maintain your current pace of life? We must first decide if we actually want to change. Do you take the time to experience, experience and sustain deep levels of relational intimacy with the people most important to you? Are you presently experiencing the depth of God's love and the closeness that he desires with you? What you need to know is that in no way have I perfected this. One of my daughters asked the other day, why are they letting you speak about this? In many ways, God has been growing me in this area, and I want to continue to get better at it. It has been a seven-year attempt after multiple burnouts and many counseling sessions, so I am in no way the expert, and this message is equally a reminder to me. So the best I can offer are several resources that have been significant in my growth. I will share these with you in a news post that I have written on our website at www.southridge.cc. You can check it out following the service or over the holiday season. I was blessed to have parents that recognized and respected the value of us spending time investing in our kids. As our girls got older, I remember them asking us if we wanted to start having Christmas Day set aside to begin our own family traditions. We appreciated that conversation and encouragement as young parents trying to prioritize family. A lot has changed since that time. Our activities of, Christ of the Christmas season have spread out. We now have our extended Adama Christmas party in the beginning of December, and my family meets on the weekend before Christmas. Further extended family gatherings now take place at the end of summer, not crowding the Christmas season. We say no to lots of other things that rip off our family of the time and the attention that they deserve. Seven years ago, as we were evaluating and creating new traditions, we came up with the idea to do a different activity every year on Christmas Day that would make each year memorable and unique. They were things we always talked about doing, but never did. It started with our first year skating at Nathan Phillips Square, then handing out some sandwiches and socks to a few homeless people that were outside in sleeping bags around the Toronto City Hall. One year, we went to the movie theater to watch a Christmas movie, just so we could say we did. 
The next year, we took a drive to Niagara Falls and walked to see the lights after our, Christmas, our first Christmas turkey dinner together. In 2007, we booked a trip last minute on the 23rd of December and flew out Christmas morning to Santa Domingo, Dominican for a week. We brought care packages that we gave to our taxi driver and watched through the tinted windows in the back seat as he, as he handed out our gifts, watching him smile as he got to be Santa in one of the poor neighborhoods that he knew too well. In the past two years, we gave up presents and each contributed to the cost of a trip to Guatemala and then Haiti so that we could bring gifts and visit Santos and Samuel Joseph, our Compassion Sponsor children. We are home this year and the girls will have a slumber party in the living room under the tree on Christmas Eve as they often do. We will eat burnt Christmas or burnt cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning because I always leave them in the oven too long. We will play a marathon game of Monopoly that Andrew detests because he always loses. We will open our silly cheap stocking stuffers and laugh as the girls will most likely buy something ridiculous for Andrew from Value Village. But then we will all participate in what has become one of my favorite Christmas traditions of all. The one where we celebrate the gift that God has given in orchestrating this crazy collection of people together as one family. We will sit around the fireplace and each take a turn to share sincere words of affirmation, value, and appreciation as a gift to each person. Later, I compile them and give a copy to everyone so that they can be reminded throughout the year how much they are loved. In the past, Christmas did not feel like a whole lot of love, peace, or joy for our family. I'm thankful that God is redeeming that. I have no idea where you are at this morning. But if you are living an overwhelmingly busy holiday season or life in general, and you are being challenged to make some changes, God doesn't expect you to do it alone. He says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So what does this mean for you this season? Have the holiday traditions been distracting you? Are you prioritizing those that are closest to you? What is God saying specifically to you this morning? For all of us, let's engage in the priority of the season, in your relationship with God and with those you love. Spend time in his presence and let him teach you how to love and live with peace and joy year-round. Make this an untraditional Christmas. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for each family that's represented here this morning. God, I pray for rich relationships. God, we pray for deep relationship with you. 
God, may whatever it is that you are calling us to change in our lives, may we have the courage, may we have the boldness to live in a way that honors you and make those changes. In your holy name I pray this, amen.